Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. And with me today is my guest, Anthony Wood, coming to us from Sydney in Australia. Welcome, Anthony. Evening, Raoul. How are you? Great. Thank you. And now, you're, when we discussed how to introduce you, um, we worked out that you're a coach, a servant, an author, and an EOS implementer. Now, that got me thinking because everywhere else you see implementer, you think, you know, you know, software as a service, big software systems, CRM systems. What is EOS and what is an EOS implementer? So EOS is the entrepreneurial operating system, which was created about 20 years ago by a gentleman by the name of Gino Wickman, lifelong entrepreneur since age 21. He found himself running the family business in the middle of a turnaround situation, spent several years fixing it, and then got an opportunity to really dive into what turned out to be a real passion of his, the art and science of running businesses. So in addition to his personal experience, he overlaid the work of people like Patrick Lencioni, Jim Collins, Stephen Covey, that took some of the foremost business writers, wrapped that in his own practical experience and crafted this thing that we now know as EOS. He started the journey writing a book called Traction, and that kind of, you know, things kind of went from there. Since that time, Gina, myself and about 400 other trained implementers across the globe have helped more than, well, about 110,000 businesses across the planet um, ultimately get strong and get a handle on three things. Get clarity on their vision so they understand where they're going and helping them craft a plan to actually get there giving them the tools to actually get a real grip on their business, ultimately get some traction, stop spinning their wheels. And finally, working as a healthy, functioning, cohesive team, typically working with the leadership team, getting them playing well with each other because so often that's not the case in businesses. But when we can make that shift happen, that then sets the tone across the rest of the business. So helping them on vision, traction and healthy We utilise a variety of tools and some different processes, but ultimately that's what we're looking to help people get. Okay, so you you use the word people in there a lot, okay? And and again, I'm a firm believer, you know, as as a serial entrepreneur that business is about people. Mm -hmm. And But business is also, as you said, about the vision and the that entrepreneurial spirit, the person who had a, a vision of what they wanted to create. In your experience working with lots of these businesses, are people really getting what they wanted out of the business or, you know, where are they sitting? The vast majority, certainly the people that I I talk with and work with have found themselves stuck. They may have got to, you know, they may have started out and they're getting exactly what they wanted. Potentially they founded the business because they didn't want to be working for someone else. But at some point in time, they've woken up and gone, oh, my goodness, I I haven't just got a job. I've created this thing called a a business. I'm in a situation where I brought on people around me and I'm really struggling to actually 
enjoy and get satisfaction from the things I'm now having to do. So what started out as a great idea has actually shifted into it being a bit of a nightmare. But by helping them recrystallize, you know, probably a very bad word, but you know, just help them surface what they ultimately want and what their desires were. Why did they get into business in the first place? And helping them remind themselves of that, we can then begin to build a plan as to how we're going to get there. Because if people are just stuck doing the day-in, day-out busyness of being in the business, they actually never have any time to think about where are we going? Is that where we want to go? Do we want to end up in that direction in which we're currently heading? And what's that going to mean for me as a business owner, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a supporter of other people? Am I actually going to have, get satisfaction from that? Am I going to enjoy it? Am I going to be happy? Okay. Well, you know, um, that's a whole different conversation we can have about happiness. Yep. Um, you know, and one of my early guests on my podcast was exactly that, was was about finding happiness. Uh, it would have yep. been in in the in you know thirty or forty episodes back, um, and how she had achieved everything in her life, bought the house on Maui, mm-hmm. and sat in the house on Maui and said she's not happy. Yeah, yeah, pursuing a dream that she thought was the right one for her, the right thing for her, possibly even doing stuff that other people told her she should be focusing on. But I, you know, rather than what was true for her and part of the work that I do, we utilise tools and systems to actually put in place the structure to allow the people in the business to shine, to get on and do the things that we as business owners need them to do, what we're paying them to do. You know, I, I can't stand bad process, can't stand inefficient systems. You know, it's about crafting the way, the business in a way that's the simplest form it can be, but not simpler because then you just have something that doesn't work. Bring clarity to people, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, and then getting out of their way because there's no point in paying them if you can't stop them from doing the things you're asking them to do. Well, that's that's the pro- the classic entrepreneurial problem of 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 being a control freak. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and 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 not trusting anyone to do the job as well as they could do it. Yeah, but but that that leads to another question: that transition. You know, what do you what advice do you give to solopreneurs transitioning to businesses? Because I think that's the that fundamental leap of faith where you have to now pay someone a salary. Yep. It can, it can feel a little counterintuitive when you're thinking about, I'm just so busy, I need someone else to come and do this heavy lifting with me. But actually taking a little bit of time to think about where do I want this business to be? I work with teams, so we're talking somewhere between 8 and 35 years. To just start the conversation, though, it doesn't need to be that far. It might be... Where do I want to be in three years' time? Because that begins to shape what we need in the business and gives a little bit of perspective as you're bringing on this other person, yeah, the, the next you know, employee number one, to say, hey, mate, this is where we, we're going as an organisation. I need your help right now to take care of some stuff. Do you want to help me get to this longer-term view? Because it's about inspiring people, not that it's all, you know, hugs and kisses and rainbows and fairies and all that sort of stuff. This is really tangible, essential business things because we need to know the resources that we're bringing into the business. 
whether they're tools or, or, or people, are actually going to be able to help us ultimately get what we want from the business, which can be the achievement of a business plan, can be some personal satisfaction, but ultimately getting people aligned and all heading in the same direction just makes stuff flow a lot easier. Well, I was going to, you know, I was, that was actually the notes I'd written down, was, was how do you sell the team your vision as an entrepreneur? And, and I, have, I have a number of entrepreneurial friends who've been either wildly successful or not successful at all, um, and somewhere in between that. Yep. Who, and a number of them still to this day, 2021 and beyond, believe that the only motivator for people is money. And that primarily reflects their personal drive. That's, what, that's how they see the world. And they're putting that blanket out across everyone else. The reality is that we do have different drivers. There's no doubt that money is a significant motivator. But if we're going to be treating all of our people as mercenaries, we shouldn't be surprised when they up and leave us because a business down the road has offered them another couple of thousand dollars a year more. There's got to be more things that help bind people to an organisation, not hold them against their will, but really get them embracing and gripping the organisation. And that's where our vision comes in. That's where values are so critical. But all of those, you know, they call them soft skills, but I think they're just, they're really hard things to do, get clarity, caring about people, is essential to actually make the machine of a business work. We're not all robots. It hasn't been all automated yet, so we need people. So when we need our people to be throwing themselves in heart and soul into an organisation, and for the vast majority of people, once you move beyond am I, are my financial needs getting met, can I put food on the table, can I put a roof over my head, it's a lot deeper than money. It's about am I getting recognised, am, am I actually contributing to where this business is going? Can I see that um, contribution? Am I getting acknowledged for that contribution? So it can feel as though there's a lot of talk you know, in our conversation right now about you know, loving people and caring for people and people, 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 but primarily they are our biggest expense as business owners. So we want to make sure that it's the money that we're spending we're actually getting a return on. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I, I work in the space of culture. Most of what I do is 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 in the fields of culture, strategy, and leadership and, and the relationships between those. But in order to add value to my clients, I've been out and interviewed 89 companies now over 25 countries about the drivers of culture to understand truly what on a global scale culture is driven by. And you've used that word so many times in the first part of our interview, which is which is values, is, is one of the things that... That, that I found purpose and values yep. were the two common factors that created rich and robust culture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's understanding who we are as a business, working through a process to really dig in and identify, making sure that our core values aren't just wallpaper words, you know, with some pretty posters around them of people sitting in a rowboat heading in the same direction and all that sort of stuff, actually getting them down and making them real so that as people join our, our business there's a tangible sense they can clearly see day in day out 
via the Zoom call, as most businesses are, certainly here in Australia. Um, but even when they're in, in person, it's, right, this is what this business is all about. We're here to produce a product or provide a service, but the way in which this organisation things flow is off the basis of who we are as an organisation and why we exist. So our core values and our, you know, our, our purpose, our cause of passion. Yeah, Simon Sinek did such awesome work with It Starts With Why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That really had a huge impact on me and kind of indirectly sent me on the, the path that I'm on now but it's just so true when you understand why you exist as a business everything else begins to fall into place so we we don't like to classify people and 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 but yet there was a lot of words written about millennials okay yep um that they will give blood for the business and then you know they will work 18 hour days not that i encourage 18 hour days i think mm-hmm. it's bad for for balance but but they'll work crazy times and give blood for the business and then one day go, it's time to move on yep. for no apparent reason. I, I, What's your opinion? Do you think that's changing? Do you think that people are actually becoming more committed to the organisations now? Yeah, I, th- I think people are getting more experience. You know, that, that generation is certainly working its way through the business. They're getting more responsibility and accountability as they're, they're getting older. You know, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, so, you know, I'm, I'm the, the age group that's been squeezed between the, the baby boomers and, and Gen Y and, you know, and then yeah, the demographics of the working force have changed. Millennials are now in positions of, of responsibility and they tend to actually rise to the opportunity by giving people opportunities, not just laying it out on a platter for them and saying, here you go, you don't know anything, we're going to pay you a truckload, you know, which is what the stereotype of, of millennials is. They don't know anything. They want to arise the first day they walk in and they want the, the best job. I think things are panning out showing, you know what, there's some extraordinarily committed and talented people, just like there's some really lazy people, just the same as Gen X and all the other generations. So... I think it's it's evolving as they're getting older and they're give, been giving they're understanding the weight of responsibility and how you can't just oh well, I'm just going to go do something else because other people are relying on them. So so that brings me to and and you know we have you know multi generational businesses today. How do we deal with conflict by having having frank and open conversations and. Coincidentally, yeah, I have a stuffed elephant. She's Ellie. Yeah, her name is Ellie. She's the elephant in the room. And so when when there is yeah, the opportunity to and the need to actually tackle the things that need to be said, I use Ellie, you know, stuffed elephant toy, pretty, pretty lame, but it actually helps break the, the tension when we're having the conversations that need to be had. And by creating environments where people are clear that there is trust. You know, Patrick Lencioni talks about vulnerability-based trust in his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And when it's clear that there is trust in the team, in an organisation, people can have the conversations that do need to be had because they know it's for the right reasons, not just it's personal attack, antagonism, all that sort of stuff. 
Okay. And so, and, and so can you strategically, you know, create a strategy that creates trust? You need to be intentional about it. You can't force it and manufacture it because then it's that's worse than having nothing at all. But by putting yourself in situations where you do need to or you do actively share things about yourself, but by being proactive and intentional, that shows that you are committed to that that conversation and part of the work that I do with teams is actually having those those types of conversations where it doesn't happen often, doesn't happen all, all the time. There's particular points in the in the journey where we are specifically focusing on on team health. And it can be even as simple as the beginning of a meeting, might be just a, a, a regular weekly team meeting. It's a quick share around the team of a personal and professional best for the last week. You know, helps us mentally transition and get our ga- head into the game for what's going to be happening next. But it's also just sharing a little bit so people might not be aware of something that's happened over the weekend and stuff like that. It's not a five-minute long-winded story. It's, you know, 10 to 20 seconds. Hey, this happened. You know, my daughter started driving. You know, my, my dad's gone to, gone to hospital or my, my dad just turned 80. Boom. Yeah, that's it. Move on. But it's just little points in time consistently where you're sharing little bits of information about yourself, showing that you're a human being, and that allows the rest of your team to connect with you so that when you do need to have the conversation that might be a bit uncomfortable, it's like, well, I know this person's a human being. They're, they might be my manager, but they care about me. Let's, I'm open to having this conversation rather than just shutting it down. Well, I mean, okay, so sharing. Has social media changed the way we share things? I, I think the vast majority of stuff that's shared on social media just shouldn't be. <laughs> you know, it's, it's painting this world of perfection. You know, there's all sorts of research and conversations about the negative mental health impacts of the various platforms that are, that are out there, people only sharing their best self consistently because but when you work with people you get to see both the good when you know when they're in a good mood when then things yeah. are rolling for them and when then things aren't working for them and you know adversity brings out true character in people so you get to know the whole person better and that's not possible via social media oh yeah i mean i was just it's just that it's become and there are colleagues of mine you know in in their and it's not even young, you know, so in, in their late 40s, 50s, yep. who share their life on social media. And it almost is almost cringeworthy to a point. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I look at it and uh, I shake my head. So going back to our businesses and, and, and the work you do, Pinnacle Traction, et cetera, yep. you know, I speak to and I coach lots of, uh, I run, you know, four-month business academy programs as well. And, and, and I speak to lots of people who feel like the hamster on the treadmill. Yep. Yeah. And they have no idea how to get off the treadmill and they don't know how they got on the treadmill in the first place. How do people get in control of their businesses? Well, yeah, I, I, I would love to have a, have a conversation with them, but 
I said because I, I lived that journey. I my six years ago when I was um, introduced to EOS, my business was in tatters. I'd spent fourteen years building it with my business partner, and we'd made a couple of poor hiring decisions a couple of years earlier. And the wheels had most definitely fallen off. The thing had caught on fire, and it was a smoking hog. Yeah, there was we were losing money, losing people, losing reputation. Um, but fortunately, I had a guy that I worked with previously, putting in place some tools. Gentleman by the name of Daniel Davis. He, we reached out to Dan, saying, "Hey, we need some help fixing the business." We connected. We were we reconnected. He gave me a copy of Traction, and said, "Here, have a read of this. I'm just beginning to help people." Yeah, put these tools in place. Let me know what you think. So loved it so much. Spent the next two years fixing that business, putting those tools in place. So much so that I, you know, we fixed that business to the point where I was able to step out. And just over four years ago, I stepped out of the day to day running that business. And I've been working with with entrepreneurs and their teams ever since. So I've lived the journey of things being stuck, things not working. Ultimately, though, it comes down to are people ready to do something about it? Do they have enough perspective to say, you know what, this isn't okay. I don't, I don't like this. I'm, I'm, this isn't the life that I wanted. This isn't the business that I wanted. So there needs to be at least a flash of, of self-awareness. And one of, the, one of the things that for myself has come out of um, these COVID times is writing a book. And I wrote a book. I put out just over a year ago called Scaling Your Business in Unpredictable Times, talking about the 10 blind spots that every business owner must address to ensure that they are not the centre of their own operations so they can truly scale their business. And so that's a, a, a conversation starter, a good way to help people think, am I really in the position that I want to be in or are things you know, could things possibly be better? Okay, and, I mean, I think that's the... That's part of that entrepreneurial challenge and journey is, yeah. is getting to a point where you know to ask for advice. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, that's a great place. I, I do have one eye on the clock because one day when we are all traveling again and um, people are starting to commute again to things called offices, not home offices. Yes. Um, I fully expect that... Um, people will go back to listening and consuming podcasts in 20 to 25 minute segments, which is the average journey. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we try and keep these episodes to sort of that length. So Anthony, if people want to get hold of you, want a copy of your book traction, want to find out about the tools that you use as an EOS implementer, what's the best way to get hold of you? They can go to my website, www.com pinnacletraction.com.au they could flick me an email at let's talk at pinnacletraction.com.au give me a call 0411-880-994 or they could go to scalingyourbusinessbook.com.au and I'm more than happy to share a copy of my book with them to help them think about what's going on in their business and are they really in a, a right spot? And the same goes for a copy if they're looking for a copy of Traction as well. I'm a big reader. I love sharing books. Um, so just drop me a line and I'll be more than happy to start a conversation with them. 
That's perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anthony Wood, for sharing ideas about business and about what's missing and how you deal with conflict and strategic implementation and and really understanding your business. Thank you very much for joining us on the Business Excellence Podcast. Thanks, Rail. It's been an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. coming on. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a set of free tools to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.